have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to eat. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing 90 Day OG. So excited. These people are great, great TV. So before we jump in, though, we have some hot goss. So we've been kind of slow with the hot goss. There's been so much going on, but we're going to jump into it. So Kalani, this is more last resort stuff, um, but she did post to her Instagram following the most recent episode of Last Resort, which was Monday's episode. And This is trigger warning for sexual assault, but I do want to read this. I think it gives some context to everything that's been going on between her and Asuelu that no one's really been obviously aware of, Um, but this is what she said, and I'm quoting her, and again, trigger warning for sexual assault. I'll put timestamps in so that you can skip ahead. So... She says, I've had enough of the hate mail and rape slash death threats, so let's clear some things up. Her first point is, I did not have a one-night stand with Oswelu. We didn't even kiss until two weeks after knowing each other. I met him in July of 2016. We intentionally got pregnant in May of 2017, so nearly a year later. Next, my parents do not monetarily support me in any way and never have. The Utah house was half mine, that's public record, and I always paid my part. I do not live with my parents and I support myself. And her next point, and this is the the trigger warning, 
I had a second baby because I was held down. He apologized for that and the other times I was sexually assaulted. It's recorded. You can imagine how it feels to get messages about taking responsibility and learning to keep my legs shut when they were forced open. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I feel horrible for her. She was going on to say, none of you know anyone you watch. You know a version of people and you crucify them over things out of their control and for what? May all of that energy be returned back to you and yours. So, mind you, I hope she's not wishing anything horrible on other people. And at the end there, that's horrible. Two wrongs don't make a right. However, I understand that, again, and I feel like people need to constantly be told this. We don't know these people. Don't message them. Don't, you know, troll them, though this goes beyond that. Don't do any of those things. We don't know them. As she mentions here, we know a version of them. And, yeah. So, I'm sure none of my listeners or any listeners to any podcast, I hope, is sending any of that hatred to her or any of these cast members. So, except for Pred. I feel like he deserves it a little bit, but still, no death threats. That's, that's low. You should never wish death on anyone. But, um, yeah, so that's it for Kalani. Trigger warning ended a little bit back there, but next. Now, this is juicy as hell. So, we have an arrest of a 90-day alum. Let's say that. And um, there was a press release done October 9th of 2023, and it reads as such. On Thursday, October 5th, 2023, the Portage Police Department was notified by the owners of Loggerhead Deco, located on Ladon Drive in the city of Portage, regarding an internal theft involving a temp employee employed in, in as their bookkeeper. Through the investigation, it was determined the employee had made fraudulent payments and withdraw withdrew sorry withdrawn to several outside business accounts and customers using Loggerhead Deco's account information. Now I know I haven't said who this is yet. We'll get there. Bear with me. These victims are not only in the state of Wisconsin, but surrounding states as well. Some victims reporting several thousands of dollars in unauthorized business account payments and withdrawals. It was further discovered that the Employees Association as co-owner to a business in Arkdale, Wisconsin, helped the employee facilitate the crimes. Arrested as a result was Liga Margarita, age 34, of Arkdale, Wisconsin. <laughs> Lita Margarita, 
is facing charges of theft from a business setting, fraudulent data alteration, forgery, and wire fraud against a financial institution. Additional charges may be forthcoming as the investigation progresses. These charges are merely an accusation of criminal conduct where probable cause existed for an arrest. The individual is presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So for those who don't remember Lita, okay, she was with, the fuck was his name again? I don't even care. But um, he uh, chose his wife, future wife, over his 18-year-old daughter, who he was living with. Um, I believe they were in season six of OG. So we do have a wonderful booking photo of Miss Lita. She's she's looking real um yeah, let's just say her pageant days are long long behind her. So yes, I will be posting a picture of the booking photo once the episode has aired. And I'll also post the the press release as well. So you can take a look at it. It's perfect. Um didn't see that coming. But nonetheless. When you're a princess and you want money, right? But anyway, that's it for that. Next, sister wife Christine has tied the knot with her, well, now husband, David Woolley. And I do have some pictures of her with her now husband. We have a close look at her photos. Um with her dress and with Janelle, of course, was there. I will be posting all the pictures um, to the socials so you can take a look at them if you haven't already. But um, he actually had something to say, Mr. David, and he said the following, I'm really very lucky and very happy that someone let her go because she's a unicorn. I like him. I like him a lot. So, but that's it for that. Now we're going to go into some Love is Blind stuff that hasn't, wasn't addressed on the episode that you should be getting fairly soon. If you haven't gotten already, I haven't quite decided the order of things yet, but um, we will not be having a live reunion for season five of Love is Blind because why would they want to do that to themselves? But the creator of um, of Love is Blind, Chris Cohen, swiftly decided to put Netflix under the bus. He says, listen, I didn't even want to do a live reunion, okay? It was Netflix's idea to do a live reunion, he said. He said that they came to them um, and we all kind of had some misgivings, you don't say. <laughs> um, he does go on to say that he actually wasn't there in the control room when shit was going down. He was watching like everybody else. And he does say that, you know, normally in that situation, he would have been in that control room. He would have been in the host's ears. And he wasn't. 
I said I was losing my mind, sitting in front of the TV, saying, what is happening? Um, He said, despite that, though, even though it was a chaotic night, I was an optimist. He said, ultimately, the great thing that came out of that night was it showed how much significant interest there is in Love is Blind. And he really appreciates that. So with that in mind, the uh, reunion. So so moving back, the finale, as we all know, will be airing on Friday, October the 13th. And then the reunion will be the Sunday after, so two weeks later at 8 p.m. So still working out the kinks with that because I'm sure Sharon will be a part of it. So it either we will do one big episode with um, episode 10 and the reunion or we'll do separate. We haven't decided yet. It really just depends on what content we have from the, the finale. So once I know, once we see the episodes, I'll be able to tell you know we do have some more hot goss but i will save that for love is blind episode whenever that is i'll save it for that and um so that we can get on with other things so as mentioned in a previous episode we're changing things up a little bit when it comes to the memes most memes will be posted all all the memes will be posted to socials per usual but they'll most likely be uploaded prior to the shows being released and i'll only mention some of the highlights of the memes on the podcast like i normally do but this time it's just being flipped a little bit so the first one that i want to discuss Justin Timberlake, question mark? Well, then I guess I'm Britney Spears. Seriously. What the hell? The man looked nothing like Justin Timberlake at any point. So, the next one that I thought was pretty funny. Mileage on a treadmill. I love the same thing. I didn't know treadmills had mileage. I don't think they do. But to keep up with that type of you know, on that wavelength. I know this man is an exercising in jeans and boat shoes. The first thing I saw when I saw him, like, is, is he wearing jeans? Is is he wearing, like, the man looked like he was going to work on a treadmill. So, a little more informational. If you were wondering why Jasmine was in business attire for her own bachelorette party, it's because her mother was upstairs watching her son, so she wanted to make a good impression. That didn't last long. So, next. She low-key said that she likes ugly men. She stays shading Jito. (laughs) Apparently, he's fine with it. So, and the last, the last one that I thought was going to be great, which is going to perfectly segue us right into the episode. So Ashley is a witch and Manuel is a Catholic. This is going to be a complete disaster. With that said, let's jump into the episode. 90 Day OG Season 10, Episode 1. Dearly beloved, 
we're gathered here in this thing called life. I think it's a place called life. Sorry, Prince. But anyway, yeah. With that said, let's get crazy and jump right into our first scene. We don't actually get introduced to who this person is in the beginning. So we see this woman saying that she thinks she's having a panic attack. And we kind of transition into 24 hours earlier. So we'll discuss that whole thing at the end because we, we do end the episode the way we started. Ashley is our first person that we're seeing. We didn't really meet Manuel this episode, but because he was, he was in the air. So Ashley, she's 32 and from Rochester, New York. She says she loves to dance. She's a poet and she's a witch. She reads tarot. She has an astrology and she also does shadow work. I don't know what that means. Is it ghosts? When they look like shadows? I don't know. Anyway. Her family was religious, but then she, as time went on, I guess, decided to dabble into the occult. Okay. When you come from a religious family, the occult is the last thing you should be dabbling in. Anyway, she had a dream one day about working with the earth. And then she decided after this dream, she went to her biology teacher and they said, well, you know, we are going to Ecuador. So she went to Ecuador and there's where she met Manuel. And she met him in the first year that she was there. So we get some details on Manuel first and foremost. So he's 35 and they met on New Year's Eve, which we kind of already knew this, um, about 10 years before. So to make that make sense, he was 22 and he was 25. Who you are at 22 and who you date at 22 is not who you should be dating at 32. That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) So 10 years before, Burn the 10 year ago mark here. She says that they got engaged within the first week of the meeting. And um, when she got back home, they did try to maintain the long distance relationship, but it just didn't work. They were apart, so they break up. They were broken up for about seven years. She had a long-term relationship. When she got out of her long-term relationship, she says, I'm sure everyone can relate, that when you come out of a relationship, that's when the exes come out the woodwork. Girl, yeah, (laughs) it happened. It is the last thing you fucking want. But anyways, she um, said that that's what happened. He came out the woodwork messaged her, and that's basically kind of where they, you know, she says that I do admit that he 
is a little bit of a fuckboy. Um, but he's less of a fuckboy now than he was before. Okay. So, um, she did go see him back in 2020 and they quarantined together at an Airbnb. So she says that while at the Airbnb, he just showed her, I guess, the same ring. And that's basically how they got re-engaged. Standards. Anyway, she says that he didn't want to go to the States. He wasn't interested in going to the States, but they did decide that it would be better for him to go to the States because there'd be more opportunities for work, which by the way, he is a construction worker. So it would be more beneficial for him to live in the States than for her to move to Ecuador. And as mentioned previously, he is a Catholic. He's a fucking witch. Do we remember when Rory did a car trick for fuck's sakes? I mean, the man is Mormon, okay? And he did a car trick. They were screaming rich. Like, come on. You know, this isn't going to go good. So he has never left his country. And he is basically traveling. Like, I think he has like four connecting flights. It's, she does break that down of what those flights are. So he's going from, I don't know if he's in Guayaquil. I hope he is in Guayaquil. So I think he's traveling to Guayaquil to, I'm maybe getting some of these names wrong, Quito. And then from there, he's going to Miami. And then from there, he's flying to Rochester. So the man has like four connecting flights. It's ridiculous. And he's never left the country before. Never on a plane. So, and he doesn't speak any English. And another thing, let's add to it, his visa expires the next day. So, for those who maybe were confused by this, because we hear 90-day visa, you have 90 days, blah, blah. So, there's technically two separate deadlines. We actually saw this with um, Natalie and Mike when she came down. You have a time limit as to when you can come to the States. So, for example... With Natalie, I believe she had like a month, I think. I think, which is actually kind of extreme, but maybe that's general. She had a month. So, we'll just say in this case, he had a month. He had a month to fly out to the States. And then, once he has touched in this, down in the States, you have then 90 days to get married. So, let's say. With the month, he showed up on day 29, or he decided to leave on day 29, or let's say day 28, literally leaving it to the very last second. Are you crazy? Like, why? 
why was, why did you have to wait? But I think the reason that it happened this way is because y'all, his mama don't even know that he's moving to the States, as we'll see in a minute. Um, so I wonder if him leaving abruptly, especially if he lives with his, with his mother or family, would have been, why are you leaving so quickly? He had to make it a gradual thing, which then means you're jeopardizing your visa because once you lose it, you lose it. You don't get it back. Like, I don't even know. Anyway. So then we see Ashley is meeting up with some of her friends. I'm completely skipping over the fact that she goes to the witch store. I don't care. So, Manuel, like I just mentioned told his mom that he was going to be going to Guayaquil for work. Never once mentioned that he's actually moving to America. She doesn't even know he's leaving, that she that he's leaving the country. Great. <laughs> and as one of her friends says, that's a red flag. And I agree, that's a red flag. Apparently, as she mentions... You can work for months in one place as a construction worker in Ecuador. So that's basically the excuse he's going to be giving his mother. I have to be here for three, four, five months, whatever. And um, and then I guess at the end of that, he'll tell her he's actually in America. Like, it's so weird. So he tells Ashley that the reason he's not telling his mother anything is because she's going to worry and that'll be easier to tell her once he's already in the States. So it's kind of some situation of I'd rather apologize than ask for, for permission, I guess, in a sense, even though he's 35 years old and should be able to do what he wants. But anyway, so he does know that she is a witch, but probably doesn't actually know like all the details of what she does as a witch. Probably doesn't know she has an altar. And he probably has no clue what that entails. And doesn't know that she's, I don't know, I feel like some aspects of it will freak him out, like maybe the tarot reading, the astrology, but the other things might be a little bit of an issue. I'm sure even to some extent, like the moon work that she mentions at some point in the episode, that probably doesn't even freak him out either because that's nothing. It's like, from what my understanding is, I'm sure there's more to it though, that um, unless you were in this, you don't understand but from when i heard moon work i felt like it's like you know going out and using that element to for something you know i think of like moon water i understand moon water and how that whole thing works that's what I think. And I feel like they want to freak him out too much. But I think, like, the altar in particular, when she says she had an altar, I'm like, oh, shit. It's going to be it's gonna be a problem. Because I understand what an altar is. I have heard about it. I have um, not seen it physically with my own two eyes, but I've, I've 
I know the general gist of an altar for witches or, you know, things of that nature. That is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Because, I mean, even if, like, you're so devout in your religion, our religion, well, I wouldn't say our religion because I don't consider myself Catholic anymore, but in the Catholic religion of Christianity, you can't even do yoga. You can't even, you know, do meditation because it, it it's like it symbolizes prayer, but you're not praying to God and that is bad. Like you can't do that. You can't have false idols. It's one of the commandments. So it's tricky. It's tricky. Especially when we're talking about a person who was raised in some sort of religion that doesn't specify Catholicism, but I think that is generally what's going on here. And then you have your husband who is Catholic. It's like, oof, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, so she says for her, for what for she does as a witch, is she uses the elements of the earth. And she just wants them to be supportive of what she's doing. This is not like a hobby of hers. It's a lifestyle for her. So he, she just wants to be supported. She says that she does have a pattern of making rash decisions, realizing those were rash decisions and bad decisions, and then decides to pretend like those decisions never happened. Not a good way to deal with your problems. But anyway, she acknowledges that she can't do that now because she has a whole ass fiance, potentially a whole ass husband. So we see her cute ass Bobby in the next scene. And um, her name is, the rename of the dog is Rico, Rico Suave. <laughs> anyway, so she says that she texted Manuel and, um, about two hours before, and she hasn't heard a thing from him. He hasn't seen the text messages from her. She does know that he has gotten to Miami, but then doesn't know where it kind of has gone from there. Then her sister, Sienna, she shows up, and um, her sister... It's felt like, you know, there's obviously something going on here and something could go wrong. And if it does go wrong, you know, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> and um, her sister is also going to be at the airport, I guess. I don't know why, but whatever. But they're going to be going separately, which again, also didn't understand. She, um, is also carrying like a huge ass jug of water. I don't know if it's just regular old water or if there's some sort of reason for the jug of water, but nonetheless, she, um, we see her driving 
all seems to be going well for a little bit. And then we kind of see her starting to hyperventilate. I think that's what's happening. She is kind of like fanning herself. And she says that she tends to get anxious and her anxiety sits in her stomach. And then we see her calling her sister and is telling her that she thinks that she's having a panic attack. She says that I'm getting lightheaded. She says, I'm freaking out. And at one point she says that she's ugly crying. And that's kind of how it ends. So that's my thing. I've never had a full-blown panic attack. Nor have I... Well, I think I've definitely experienced what I would consider more anxiety attacks, which I think are very different than panic attacks. Maybe I'm missing, but I think it's very different. I do have family that has had panic attacks, have experienced that. And from my understanding, I don't know everyone experiences panic attacks a little differently, but from my understanding, you feel like you're dying. <laughs> and you maybe aren't able to verbalize anything. The fact that she's able to form sentences saying that she's ugly crying, saying that she's freaking out, that's not a panic attack. And also kind of, you know, the fact that she's still able to drive, although I don't know how well she's able to drive because she's being honked at, but she is still driving. My understanding, I can, I have very, very close family members who have experienced this and they're not even able to drive. If they were to have a bank attack while driving, they had to pull over and let that shit run its course. And it could take minutes. It could take closer to an hour. It could take longer. It just depends. And you're not able to drive. And this particular family member to this day is not comfortable driving because also when you have panic attacks, you lose control. And the last thing you want to do is lose control. So I don't want to go into a whole history lesson on panic attacks. However, I think we need to be careful on the verbiage we use. Calling this a panic attack, it's not a panic attack. But you are experiencing an anxiety attack. I'll give you that because that is the feeling you get. I Again, I've experienced it. I'm able to still talk and think clearly, all of that. And, but you, you're, it's like this heightened, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, yeah. So especially because she says that she's experiencing anxiety, there is such a thing as an anxiety attack, which is kind of what I saw here. So I know many that's maybe mincing, but when I have had family deal with panic attacks and it can be so debilitating and you sometimes cannot think rationally. I didn't appreciate it. Next, we have 
Jasmine and Chino. Yay. So, we are in Panama and we are seeing this party bus and a huge penis balloon being stuck out the window. So, it's Jasmine's bachelorette party and they put a fucking fedora on the penis balloon and they call him Gino. She, um, doesn't like having a traditional, a traditionally good looking guy, as mentioned earlier. She, um, likes a guy with belly fat and flamingo legs and non-existent lips. <sighs> Apparently, he knows all of this, and he laughed about it. She says, I'm just being honest. So, we do kind of find out here that when she had her second attempt at her interview, she literally got her visa within 10 minutes, so all is good in the world. So, now we are in Canton, Michigan, and we see Gina walking out with a box, and you're thinking, what the fuck is happening here? Well, guys, it's his last day at work. He decided to tell his boss that he needs to take a leave of absence for about a year so that he's able to focus on Jasmine when she's in the States, helping her get things that she needs, stuff like that. Um, He just wants to be sure that she doesn't go back to Panama because that would really suck, he said if she did. So, back in Panama, Jasmine is mooning police officers. Lovely. And they get to what actually looks like the same bar we were at last season when she got the butt plugs. But anyway, we see her sitting on a cushion and the reason for this, the reason that she needs to sit on a cushion is because, well, she got blood implants. And Gino doesn't know about the blood implants. And we also find out that the money that she used to pay for these blood implants, Gino actually gave her for her to buy her fucking wedding dress. So I'm going to assume she doesn't have a dress. I'm going to assume he thinks that she either has a dress or plans on getting one in the States. Yeah. Lovely. Anyway. She says that all the money, it's it's all gone. Well, it's not gone, it's just in her butt. So, great. Good luck to her. Now, back in Canton, kind of doing a lot of this back and forth with him right now. We see him working out on the treadmill in jeans, as mentioned, and a dress shirt. So, I guess he's doing this because he wants to buy the treadmill. I'm confused. But, um, the treadmill is for sale. It's, it's selling for $200, I believe it was, right? 200 Yes. And that's not 
a bad price for a treadmill. Treadmills are expensive. He does then ask this woman from whom he may be buying this treadmill is, what's the mileage on the treadmill? It's not a car, Gino. It's a treadmill. What are you talking about? Like, mileage. But he decides that he's not going to buy the treadmill because he is on a tight budget and because he's not working, he's not going to buy it. He thinks that they should be focusing money on things that are more important, like the wedding stuff or budded plants. Anyway, can't wait for him to find out about the budded plants. <laughs> so, Coco is adorable. I think we see her wearing a diaper or him, I don't even know. And um, we see her packing. But then in walks her mom, her sister Liz, and her son, her older son, which his name is Wanse, I think. I don't want to sure his name, but. And I was shocked to see her son here. And this is her older son. I was shocked to see him. Because we haven't seen any of her children. And all of a sudden we're seeing one of her sons. And I'm like, wait. wait. We've gone now. This is our third season of Gino and Jasmine. We didn't need to see her. We didn't see her children. I think they're, her son's adorable. Mom and Jasmine are going to be talking the more serious things. So... We do find out, though, that Gino has met her children. They do seem to bond really well, despite language barriers and all of that. They seem to get along quite well. And also by Veron, the, top, the, the topic of her children, they have decided that, and her ex-husband has agreed, that she will sponsor her children to come live in the States when she's obviously married and settled. So, yeah, but it's still going to take time, but hopefully it won't take too long. So she tells her mom that her and Gino tend to fight quite a bit. And um, she does then tell her mom, and we find out that we have another family member that we're going to have some issues with. And this time, it's her sister, uh, his sister-in-law. So, apparently, and we will, her, the sister-in-law had actually asked Jasmine if she can avoid certain dates to schedule the wedding because they're going to be on vacation in Florida so, of course, maybe me, we had those messages up on screen, and I wrote them down like I always do. So, the messages read as follows. First message is from the sister-in-law. She says, don't get married April 13th through the 28th, or sorry, 24th, because we will be in Florida, explanation mark, explanation mark. Jasmine then responds, 
Hi, Lori, sister-in-law. We still don't have a date because of the visa um, process, but thank you for letting me know to plan accordingly. Jasmine thought it was bossy. And I mean, she couldn't even say hi, which I do have to agree with. You guys kind of send the message and don't even say, hi, Jasmine, how are you? How are things? By the way, you know what I mean? Anyway, enough with that though, because now her son has come back and um, she's not going to be telling him that she's going to be moving, which she does. She tells him and he seems to take it fairly well. And I believe she does tell him that the plan would be for what I mentioned before, having them, the kids move to the States, um, but that it is going to take some time. So, but he handles it well. He just seems like a sweet boy and just wants her mom, his mom's happiness. So the only thing that I, that I had issue with here was her telling him that she's leaving like two days before she's leaving. That's the only issue I had. Anyway, the next scene that we have is Coco is going to be going to get groomed a spa day. And she says that Coco is the only family that's going to be coming with her because, well, he doesn't need a visa. She then, when they get there to the spa, she calls Gino and Gino's saying, giving him a send off before he goes through his body. Anyway, Gino, they, they end up talking a little bit more, and Gino says, Okay, well, is he potty trained? Because when I was there, he was peeing everywhere. And I guess he just doesn't want the dog to pee everywhere. And, um, and Jasmine says, listen, he doesn't do it on purpose. He suffers from anxiety. So immediately Gino's like, are you okay? And she says, I can't pretend that I'm happy because your sister-in-law messaged me about what dates not to book for the wedding because of her lovely vacation in Florida. It's not a fucking thing. Anyway, um, he says that listen, she just wants to be there and she just wanted to make sure you knew of those dates because, well, it's important to me that they're there. It's important for them that they're there. So, you know, yeah. She's like, listen, I haven't even put my feet in America yet and she's already telling me what to do, giving me demands. But at the end of the day, for for Gino, he says, listen, that is my brother, that is my sister-in-law, I want them at the wedding, and that's final. She's like, you're being a jerk or something around those lines, and, and you know, kind of goes into, I'm leaving here to live there, I want to be with you, it's a lot of the same shit we've heard many times over now, and they decide they're going to talk later, because he doesn't want to talk winning stuff anymore. And um, she says, 
Okay, well, say hello to your lovely family. And he says, I will, and they are. I mean, she should be very careful, honestly, because she talks about that her family is very welcoming to him. You're not even giving them a chance to be welcoming to you. You're basing things on on things that maybe are relevant, but are probably not. Um, should this woman have said hello to you? Sure. Um, but it is still his family whom have been there with him a lot longer than her and will continue to copper pit along after her. So, so of course she comes off the phone and we see her, we see her legitimately ugly crying. (laughs) And she says that she's just worried, um, about coming to the States and his family and everything, which is, those things are understandable. She's moving. She's changing the life that she knows for him. So, I guess we'll see what happens, but that's it for Gino and Jasmine, our only returning couple that we didn't get a break from. But, but anyway, still, that's it for them for this week. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code REALITYT2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A, and use our unique coupon code Reality 2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number 2. Now we have Sophie and Bob. So, Sophie is 23 years old, and she is from... London, England. She's a model. She's an Instagram model. Let's be real. She, um, she does like getting free clothes, she says. Anyway, she, um, tells us that she started clubbing at the age of 12. And also tells us that her family is wealthy. She says that she had a lot of nice things, had a lot of 
opportunities and privileges that she is appreciative of. Appreciative of. Oop. <laughs> and um, she's lucky for all of those things. But since she also dealt with some tough things as well in her life, she mentions that she is biracial, her dad is black, her mom is white, and she grew up in Spain where there isn't a whole lot of black people, biracial people. So she was bullied because of this. That is um really fucked up. Really fucked up. Um so yeah. She then we get to the part of where she met Rob. She met Rob on a dating website mainly geared towards biracial people. And he she said that he was the hottest guy there. Yeah. Yeah, he is like shit. <laughs> He's very hot, but I do have issues with him, so now we are with him. We're with Rob. And he's 32 and he lives in LA. And he says that he, you know, does care about looks, but he also cares about personality, but he mainly cares about, you know, looks. He says people can kiss his ass for being shallow and liking what he likes. I mean, okay, on the one hand, thanks for being honest. On the other hand, focusing on just the looks, I mean, yes, you do have to be attracted to somebody, but I feel like for him it goes to a whole different level, and it is shallow. But anyway, he says, I'm just keeping it real. That's great. He says he is a jack of all trades, which also included modeling. And um, that's basically how they met. He was modeling on this site, I guess. And, um, and yeah, that's how they met. So she says that after they started messaging each other, he just one day out of the blue decided to FaceTime her. And... She's like, what the hell? And his thing was, I just wanted to be sure you were real. Something some people on this show never do. Like Terry, for example. So, um, he, they ended up actually FaceTiming for eight hours after that. And she's like, who does that? What do you talk about? Like, you know? So she says, like, even though they have lived different lives and come from different places, they connected on the similarities in life. They're both biracial. They both had, you know, racially insensitive things happen to them. Probably more than any of this racially insensitive is probably straight up racism. Um, they've dealt with that. So they, they connected on, on those things. And, um, she did end up going to LA to spend time with him for about two months. And she somehow, don't know how, but somehow heard about the K-1 visa. She probably heard about it from watching the show, it's real. And um that's pretty much how they got how they got engaged. Um she kind of was like, 
Hmm? <laughs> Let's try this. And yeah, he proposed, I guess. So we do see at one point, though, while he is um, kind of going through his apartment, this man is putting down some sort of trap. Now, I've heard that the trap he's putting down is roaches for roaches. So, fuck. <laughs> anyway, so we find out that he lives in Inglewood. Um, and he says, you know, there are some times, you know, where it's, it's fine and it's, you, you know, it's livable and stuff, but then there are times where it's not and it's more mirrors the things that you kind of hear in the news about, um, some of the more dangerous parts of, of the area. So he, um, he lives in an apartment, some part, like a, yeah, some sort of apartment. And he says, you know, it has everything. It's more of a bachelor style apartment. It has everything, has a stove, has a bed, has things. But the only thing it doesn't have is a fucking bathroom in the apartment. You basically have to walk across a courtyard in order to get to the bathroom. He says, it's not a big deal for me. He said he used to live in the mountains of, was it Montana or something? And, um, he, uh, he's like, that's, this is nothing in comparison to like walking a mountain to make sure you get to the bathroom and you're completely out of view because obviously it was like probably like mountain lions and shit. So yeah, <laughs> like that would not fly for me. I, I couldn't and wouldn't <laughs> do any of that. But anyway, um, so we're back with Sophie and we see her packing and she doesn't know how she is going to fit up her clothes in his closet because she says she, he has a very small closet. He has a very small place. Um, and she does start talking about the whole bathroom situation. So she says that, you know, if I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I need to use the bathroom, well, I'm not going to go use the bathroom because I don't want to walk outside to be able to get to the bathroom. And she also then mentioned that there was a time where she was showering and there was a raccoon on the roof. Fucking great. Just great. Then um, we see her mom calling. And she tells us that she is very close with her mother. She, when she moved to London, her mom followed her. When she went to Mexico, her mom followed her. And she says, I'm sure if she could, she would follow me to the States. And he wouldn't be too happy about it. Um, so we also find out that her mom doesn't really like Rob. She calls him Rob the Knob, which she explains is not a term of endearment. Knob is kind of like a penis, but it's not a penis. It's like when we call someone a dickhead, we're not calling them a dickhead because they resemble a dick or something. You know what I mean? It's a term of you're a fucking idiot. That's basically the idea of what a knob is, she says. And her mom says that he's grumpy and he's this and he's that. So that's why 
he's robbing up. And um, her mom says, listen, do you want me to call him and tell him he needs to do better to provide for you? Because, like, you you want all these things and you deserve all these things. And she says, no, no, let me marry him first. Let's not scare him away before I do. And then we can go from there. So at this point, I'm thinking, I actually really like Sophie. Because I wasn't sure, based on what we saw in the previews, you're kind of thinking, I'm not going to like her. Because she's materialistic. You can't really relate to somebody like this. She didn't because she's materialistic. She's unreasonable. Um, and that's what you're thinking. But in all honesty, I actually really liked her at this point, And I actually still do. I think you can kind of see the issue isn't her. It's him. Um, even with what we're about to find out. So, in the next scene, we see that he's meeting his friend. I didn't care to write his name down, his fucking name. It cannot be his real name. Maybe it is. I wouldn't be the first, but it's just, no. Anyway, they're meeting in a dance studio. And he's basically planning to do a dance routine when she arrives. So, basically, he is the modern-day American version of Osvaldo. That's, oh boy, as soon as I heard him say that, all I had was that vision of Osvaldo dancing at the airport and thinking, oh god, no. <laughs> so, basically, he kind of shows his friend what he has so far, which is basically just his hand over his heart and just standing there, and that's it. And the guy's like, that's it? <laughs> and he's like, how long do you want this dance to be? And he's like, oh, about 20 seconds. And he's like, so you're trying to tell me you can't figure something out in the next 20 seconds? So then his friend says, you know, when I met, he's met Sophie. He's like, when I met her, I thought she was a cool girl. She seemed nice, really young, but you know, whatever. But then he's like, to Rob, tell me why I found her on Bumble when she was here. Okay, so I've never used Bumble. I never, Bumble kind of came after I was dating, so I didn't really use it, but I do understand how it works and everything from other people who've used it. And I do understand that Bumble has a friend part of the app, which is the excuse that Rock gives here, but um, I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> it is interesting that she chose that of all things, a dating app, but I feel like there are things that are strictly friend ship type apps instead of an actual dating site. Um, but nonetheless, she is Bumble, was on Bumble when he or she was there. And the friend, he says to the friend, yeah, she was just, her reasoning for it was that she was looking for a friend and she doesn't have a lot of friends and that's why she was on Bumble. And he says, okay, but wait a minute. If she's on the friendship side of Bumble, I guess he's saying that you wouldn't see them. Now, I'm actually very curious to know if that's true. Again, I'm not sure. 
not doing my research on it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. If you're trying to be a friend with somebody, then you wouldn't appear on the dating side of things. You only appear on the friendship side of things. So he's like, but I'm on Bumble and I'm not looking for friends. I'm looking for dates or whatever. So if she was looking for friends, she wouldn't have appeared on that side. And if that Rob says, oh, maybe she switched it by accident. Okay, now that's your ignorance, sir. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. And at first you're like, okay, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt here because maybe that is what you're doing. But then we find out some more information from Sophie. So we're back with her and she's meeting her friend. And um, her friend did meet Rob when he was in, she said when he, when she was in LA, she met him. So I don't know if she traveled there and met him in person or like over her phone or whatever, but she doesn't, she did kind of like Rob and thought he was a gentleman and everything, but then problems started and those problems were, well, it was discovered that Rob was talking to another woman or other women in general. And um that was an issue, obviously. She's like, I told my friend immediately, although I stayed with him. That's the problem. If the, the problem is once you tell your friend something negative about the person you're with, it's hard for that person to ignore the fact that those things have happened. You know what I mean? Their their perception of your of your boyfriend of your partner is not gonna go back to liking him because or at least that easily because they're not in love with him. You're in love with them, right? So yeah, she had that experience. And I don't even want to get this part out of the way here. We also find out that not only was he talking to other women but he's also sending sexual type of videos to these women. So probably like, I think we can use our imaginations as to what he was probably sending. So, um, so yeah, that's what was kind of happening. And, uh, but we do find out from Sophie back to that aspect of things that she has a secret that she hasn't told Rob. And she hasn't told her friend. She hasn't told anybody. And that is that she is bisexual. No, she says that. She has never actually been with a woman. She's never dated a woman. She does say that her first crush was a, was a girl. when She was about five or six years old. Um, so she kind of always knew she was bisexual. But she's just never had the opportunity to actually act on it. So she, um, she says that, you know, obviously I'm getting married and everything like that, but maybe there's a way that I can explore this well with Rob without ruining my relationship with him. And I got a huge, you know, Tarek, is that his name? I can't remember his name. You know. Tariq, that's it. Tariq and Hazel vibes. 
um, very much those vibes here with, with this. So yeah, she wants to be able to explore, which is great. I think she should. She's young. She's 23 years old. She should be able to explore and kind of figure out where she stands and maybe what she prefers and what she doesn't prefer. Um, or that means much, I don't know, cause I'm not bisexual. So I just think bottom line, she should be able to explore. Now that brings me to the fact that she was found on Bumble. I do wonder if she was on there searching for women. I do wonder that. Now she does say that she's never cheated on him. She's never talked to anybody behind his back, but it is interesting. Now maybe she never acted on anything, but maybe she was just looking to kind of see what's out there in LA. And that's probably a lot to choose from in LA um, when it comes to all kinds of different women or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to go good. I don't think he's going to handle it. It's one of two ways. Either he handles it really well because it can benefit him or he can find a way for it to benefit him, even though this has nothing to do with him. And she's not saying she wants to have a throuple. She's saying she wants to explore her sexuality. She probably wants to be on her own. Um, not kind of like Tariq and Hazel. That was supposed to be a throuple. Um, but, or he could just say, fuck that. That's, I don't want to deal with that. I don't know. I guess we'll see. At this point, I really do like her. I'm not too fond of him. I don't, there's something about him that I don't like. I don't know what it is yet, but. I don't like, but I do like her. So, yeah, that's it for Rob and Sophie for this week. So now we're with Nicole and, well, Justin, Igor, we don't know if we're going to call him yet, but Nicole, she is from Hoboken, New Jersey, and she is 47. And we see that she's at a photo shoot. And um, she tells us that she is a recording artist. And her recording artist name is Nikki Exotica. And she says that this is her alter ego. And she says that Nikki, you know, Nikki, she's a diva. And Nicole, she's more of a homebody, so... These two different entities, right? So she says in order to make ends meet, she is a hairstylist and a makeup artist. So she says she has done quite a bit of plastic surgery along along the years. She says that she's done like her I changed their eye color change. I didn't know you could even do that. And she's on like her nose, her, all the normal things, her lips, whatever. She's on head to toe. So she's done everything. So then we are back at the, back to the photo shoot. And she says that she has a fiance named Justin, who is a personal trainer and he is from Moldova. 
So we have our second person from Moldova. So she says that, you know, the kind of guy that she kind of goes for, she's like, they need, I guess, like hot, obviously they need to be hung. Amen to that. And um, she says how her and Justin met. Well, it's a long story. So they met 17 years ago, roughly, which I'm pretty sure my math is mathing. He was not even 18 yet. But anyways, we'll just move on. She, 17 years ago, she said she was with um, a, a Russian guy who she said, well, she says this was 17 years prior that she was with this guy. And she says that they were supposed to be getting married, but he was a little bit of a bad boy. And he ended up committing a crime that got him deported. And he wasn't deported to Russia. He was deported to Moldova. Don't know if that's where he was born, whatever. But anyway, so she says she went to Moldova to find him. And um, she says she was she never told him that she was going to be going. She's kind of, you know, showed up. And she went to his place, and when she got there, she tried to be affectionate with him, tried to kiss him, hug him, but she said he was being very cold with her. And she said that he told her he was living with another woman. So clearly she was heartbroken, surprised. So she said she ended up making a profile on a friend website, I think she said, and there is where she met Justin. So Justin's real name is actually not Justin. It's Igor. And she says that she just didn't like the name, reminded her of Frankenstein's assistant. And she renamed him Justin because apparently, according to her, he looked like Justin Timberlake back then. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah. And, yeah, great. What more can I really say about that? He seemed to, like, get apparently, I don't know. So, anyway, so she says they ended up going on their first date, and she said that he never tried to have sex with her. None of those things. Basically, they hung out together, he kissed her goodnight, and he walked away. She said that he proposed the the first time, because again, this was 17 years before, um, the fourth time that she went to Moldova to see him. And um, he ended up getting his K-1 visa approved. But when he got to the States, they had some problems from what we can understand, what she tells her friend later, is that he wasn't really helping with things. He wasn't um, helping cook or cleaning or anything. Kind of left that all to her. And it just, that's maybe part of the problem. Um, so um, they just, they couldn't really work things out, right? That's what she said to us, so that they couldn't work things out and they got into fights and he went back home and yeah. 
So she says that now she's going to be going to Moldova prior to his K-1 visa being approved, just to be sure that everything is going to be okay for when he is approved and comes back. So she says that they used to get into a lot of fights over things um, in the house and stuff like that, like I mentioned. And in one argument that they had, she ended up blurting out to him, well, you know what? I have a secret. And that secret is that I used to be a man. So to kind of close that off, she says that he was shocked by this. She says I kind of maybe, you know, scared him a little bit um, because he wasn't really expecting that. And uh, she thinks that maybe he just never really fully got past that. So she says that when she was 20, she, that's when she did her surgery. Um, Her gender it's the term, the right terminology is gender confirmation surgery. I think that's what it's called. I, I watching like I am jazz. She always says, uh, bottom surgery. So I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. But anyway, she did her surgery. She said it was such a amazing experience that she kind of like touched herself down there to see that she had, um, a vagina versus a penis. And, she was very emotional in that moment and was happy. And you really feel that for her as she's kind of going through this. And um, she says that she used to live her life stealth, which basically she explains what that means is she would live her life as a woman, completely forget the fact that she was, you know, once a man or trans or anything. She would just live her life as, as a person who was born a woman and um or born female I should say and she that's what she did she says she ignored all of that she didn't identify as a part as I guess a part of the LGBTQ plus community she wouldn't identify as that she didn't have friends who were trans gay anything she she just completely closed that part of her life off and um so when she said that she ended up learning this out to him, it was about two years into their relationship. So yeah, he definitely wasn't expecting it. So this all happened back in 2007, so 15 years prior. One day, she says that they um kind of were, you know, talking they kind of were staying in each other's lives. And, um, you know, they were talking and he's like, you know, I'm single. And she's like, I'm single. And she said, wouldn't it be crazy to try this over? Try this again. And at that point, they saw each other in Mexico and he proposed again. So, so says she would try to go see him in Moldova and you know, after that, and he would just keep telling her no. And she says that um, LGBTQ plus people are not accepted in Moldova. Not surprised. Not surprised at all by this. So 
Next scene we see is that she's going to be calling Justin slash Igor. We don't know what to call him. And he kind of looks and sounds a little bit like Darcy's guy. What was his name? Um, I, I was trying to figure out his name before. This wasn't coming to me. I kept getting thorn in my head. I'm like, nope, that's not right. Um, anyway, he kind of, I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Kind of looks like and sounds like him a little bit. And, um, so he says that he wants her to wear less makeup, um, and be more natural. So that gives me JP vibes from Love is Blind for those who, um, watch it and listen to the podcast. But yeah, I'm like, what? So she says that the reason or the reason she believes, and maybe he told her, I don't know, is that to wear less makeup because then she'll look less of a trans person if she were to wear less makeup. And I'm like, what? I mean, again, this kind of like, I knew already the backstory of of her because we obviously talked about the couples coming up on the OG um, while B90 was still on. But for example, my mom, we watch this together. She doesn't read up on any of those things. And she walks back into the room and hears the part where she's talking about how she blurted this out to him and she's like wait a minute she's she's transgender and i'm like yeah and she's like i wouldn't have known she doesn't look transgender is the point that we're trying to get at and i don't quite understand how somebody's makeup predicts that i mean I, i don't know i feel like more it's a plastic surgery that might be a little bit of a more of an issue because my goodness before the the surgeries well, the multitude of surgeries um that she had we were seeing pictures of her back like 20 years before she looked beautiful god guys please stop like there has to be a limit but she looked absolutely gorgeous and there's no way that you would look at someone and think, oh, they're a man or something. Like, I feel like what he is saying, he's more projecting his insecurities onto her than actually saying legitimate things. Like, I don't understand what he's in my mind. I, I don't get it. But, um, anyway. So his mom apparently does know that she is transgender. She did meet his mother before when they were together 15 years ago obviously she didn't know them that she was transgender um his mother but now he she does know and he says listen if i'm saying you're my woman she's gonna support that she's going to accept that and everything will be fine so yeah she's a little worried about about that and um he then tells her, like, when she's going to be in Moldova, to not break his penis. <laughs> and she says, but I will. And I say, uh-huh. <laughs> and he says that we're going to be having lots of sex when you're there. And she says, well, really? Because she said, the last time that I was there, we only had sex, like, four times. So basically what she's trying to say here is we're not actually having as much sex as you think or you want me to think we're going to have because when we're together, we don't have sex. So, yeah, I I don't, I don't know. 
like we'll get to it in a minute, but she then says that 15 years ago before he knew that she was trans, that they would have sex all the time. But now it seems like, um, he doesn't want to please her all of the way like he did before. So then I start thinking, okay, if he is insecure or unsure of her or their relationship or his, or is questioning what is my sexuality now, orientation, I don't know how the issue is, but you want to be with her, be with her. And don't let certain things get in the way of that. If you don't want to be with her and embrace everything that it takes to be with her, then don't be with her. You don't waste her time. And I think there is definitely going to be a problem because we'll get to it in the season on in a minute, but this guy is not nearly capable of being with someone like her. And I think she's fantastic. I really, really like her. I really, really like her. And I think she's fantastic. And she shouldn't have to be dealing with somebody like this guy. She shouldn't be. I do see a lot of similarities between Nicole and Darcy in particular. Um, and I'm not just talking about the facts of surgeries and the fact that they like to be with similar type of men. <laughs> or am I? But anyways. So yeah, I like I said, I really, really like her. The jury's still out on him, but I really, really like her. But that's it for Nicole and Justin, Igor, whatever. And that's it for OG for this week. I have a lot of fun with this. I think we're going to have a great season. Um, I guess we have also a little touch of, you know, P90 on this season as well. So that's interesting. But this season on, let's get into it. So, and then I'm not going to talk about every little thing that we saw here, but so we see that someone apparently, according to Nicole, clocked her for being trans, I'm assuming. I don't understand how. I, I, I don't understand it. Um, I don't get it. I, but anyways, that's what she says. Because we'll see what happens. Um, and then we see this weird-looking dude um, doesn't like that he can't have sex with his girl because she's Muslim, so she can't have sex before marriage. And he says that he is a really horny dude, so he needs to have sex. You're disgusting. Um, then we see Manuel's family apparently keeps calling Ashley. And she says that he has family in the States. And she started to question whether or not he is using her in order to be there with his family in the States. And I, when she said that, I got huge... I'm already starting to see the similarities between Molly and Louise and Ashley and Manuel. This time, though, there will be no... <laughs> I'm just seeing those similarities already, so we'll see how that goes. And um, Rob apparently has been getting videos from other women, so we're seeing a lot of that same shit happening um, that she had discussed prior. We find out that Gino on a lap dance, um, I guess at his bachelor party, and Jasmine loses her ever-loving mind. Um, I mean, again, in 
Jasmine did not have strippers. She had pants, balloons, and butt implants. She didn't have any strippers. So, yeah. Anyways, Justin Igor, whatever, wants to potentially bring someone else in to have sex with Nicole. Um, and she's clearly not about this. She literally says, if you can't handle me, then I'll find someone who can. 100%. That's a fucking cop out. Fuck her or don't fuck her. Don't waste our time though. And then, um, we see, does Sophie leave her wedding or does she actually marry Rob? Now we've never had a couple not get married, but maybe this will be the first time. Maybe. We'll see. But that's it for 90 Day Fiance, OG, and, um, they have had a lot of fun with this. We're going to have a lot of fun with this season. They're going to do big for season 10. And yeah, but that's it for, for now. So if you like what you heard, please share reality tea times two with everyone in your life. That's going to help with our growth. And we really want to grow this podcast. Another way you can grow it is by also rating and reviewing us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The links to those podcast links to the Spotify and Apple Podcasts will be in the show notes. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps, but if there is an app that you don't see us on, that you want to see us on, please let me know and I can get that up on my podcast app. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube by going to Reality Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by connecting with us on either Facebook at Reality Tea Times 2 or Instagram and threads at Reality Tea Times 2 Podcast. You can also email us. We would love to hear from you. If you want to guest on the podcast at some point, whether we talk about your favorite show or just get to know each other, you can email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com and you can make that request and we can talk and we can figure that out. So you can email us at that email. We have a new website where you can get links to everything. You can get links to our Facebook page, Instagram page, threads, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything your heart's desire, as well as we do now have a Discord. So you can you can follow us and talk to us on the Discord app. You can get all of that information at the website. And the website is www.solo.to forward slash reality t times two. I also have a new podcast with my friend Mikkel called Next Take Podcast. And you can either listen to us at YouTube at the link that's going to be in the show notes. I believe that is Next Take Podcast. And you can also go to our website there. You can have all the links to all of our social medias, email, everything 
our episodes as well will be at the website, which is www.solo.to forward slash next take podcast. All of the information, everything that I have just said will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from chat, doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software software.